No, Evie in his head is his property. That's his wife, okay? In like a good way though. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. In like a wish it were me way. <laughs> <laughs> Romancing the Monsters. I'm Em. Hi, I'm S. I'm Seth. And today we have probably the most exciting episode of my career <laughs> as a Sebastian Stan. <laughs> Sebastian St. Vincent Stan. Um, mm-hmm. We are discussing the infamous, the infamous, to say the least, uh, Devil in Winter by Lisa Claypass. Book three in the Wallflower series, but technically the fourth stop on our Wallflowers um, journey, just because we started with, again, the magic. Um, actually, before we get into this discussion, I just want to say up front that um, I'm having a little bit of a, I have a little bit of a sore throat today. So in case my voice is a little hoarse or more annoying than usual, <laughs> apologies. <laughs> um, all right. We have not really talked about this book although we did we did um no because someone just decides to stay silent who s s wouldn't even know she finished it until yesterday yeah she's she's horrible honestly i'm i cannot wait for us to finish this goddamn episode because then like we can all breathe again um but yeah so we haven't really talked about it a little bit some things have slipped through uh you know the cracks of the rules we've talked about some character characters potential characters future characters yes 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 uh but we'll talk about them again today just so that um we have it on record you know we have to have the conversations uh recorded all right Seth, what pray tell is devil in winter about <laughs> all right um so we start off where we left off basically and we have evie she's in sebastian's like sitting area in his house and she tells him her proposition and that is for him to marry her so that uh he gets her inheritance because we all know that he is broke af he needs money um so he gets her inheritance plus her father's riches um when he dies because he is going to die soon and in exchange for that she wants to be able to go see and spend time with her her dad that's pat like his dying um and so he agrees because he really doesn't have any other option and they jet off to gretna green they gretna green it too (laughs) yeah 2.0 we're ready he's trying it again um but this time it does work out for him yes he does get married um they obviously need to consummate this relationship, not relationship, sorry, this marriage, um, for it to be considered legal. Um, and Evie promises him one time and one time only. He makes the most of it, I gotta he, say. <laughs> he does. He does. Um, and basically, the story kind of starts once they get back to London. 
and he is faced with a sinking club, uh, a manager who's like funneling money out of the club, some kind of messed up individuals that also work at the club. And he just, you know, kind of takes it upon himself, I mean, he, I'm talking about Sebastian, uh, to run the club. And he does this with the help of Cam, which is Evie's childhood friend, also another boy that her father um, helped raise and, like, look after. Um, and during this, Evie is there taking care of her father, and, you know, she's just trying to be there for him in his last few days. And Sebastian and Evie kind of have um, this growing attraction happening between them. And she kind of uh, gets him to make her a promise. And, uh, you know, a bargain is struck between the two. And so he is not allowed to engage in sexual acts or have sex with anyone, including her, his wife. It's a sex bargain, essentially. (laughs) Exactly. For three months. And then in three months, they can... I guess, visit the idea of him, you know, being monogamous or attempting to, uh, you know, have a relationship. And that's kind of where the story takes us. That's like 60% through the book. (laughs) No, I know. But I mean, like, you know, it's just like the new dynamic. Anyways, I just wanted to end it there. So how do we feel about this book? Obviously, (laughs) two people out of three here have read this book before. Um, I have made my feelings very clear, I feel like, in the past, but let's go talk to the person here who has not read this book before and for whom this was a first. How did you like it, this? I hated the book. I hated it. She's (laughs) lying! No, no, just kidding. Um, I loved it. This was, this was, like... It was obsessed love, I gotta say. It was the five stars, which is a first. Yes. Um, Bitch, I can resign. I feel like I've just like, this is the pinnacle of my career. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Um, so I'll just say that Evie's story was a lot sadder and yeah. a little bit darker than I expected. I freaking loved her as well. well. I just wanted to ask, how do you feel about the men of the the, the men of the book? Se- Sebastian? Sebastian St. Vincent. Sebastian, I love him to the point where I'm going to lay claim to him and he's mine now. He's my book Bitch, boyfriend. Bitch, I no, 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 don't no, no, fucking no, think so. No, 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 no. You've had him for a couple years now. No. No, 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 Shut the fuck up, bitch. Shut the fuck up. He is mine Get out of here, bitch. Seth agrees. Do you hear that, Seth? She agrees. You're going to back her up on that. I I am. um, Um, No. Because I love him too. We're not, we're not, that's not happening. You better not because when she comes for your fucking men, I'm going to stand by the sidelines and I'm not going to do anything and I'm going to laugh. No, I'm not letting you have him. It doesn't Thank work you. like that, guys. I thought we it agreed It doesn't to fucking work wives. like that. This bitch. I knew she was going to barge in <laughs> claiming all the men. I fucking knew. <laughs> I thought we agreed to be sister wives here. So I don't know what the Oof. argument is. Uh, I don't remember agreeing to that. Uh, with everybody else except for... Sebastian, I think. Excuse me? As I was saying, let me continue. Um, I'm not sure I want you to continue. (laughs) Exactly. Yes, yes. I feel like we've heard enough. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Are we we sure we want her to read these books? Because I feel like we should just wipe it from her memory and then pretend this never happened. This is a terrible idea, actually. Yeah. Mm. 
Too bad. I'm already in it. I'm involved. I'm invested. Um, this book was a lot hotter as as well. Mm-hmm. It was more steamy. Oh, it's Sebastian's dirty, dirty mouth, man. Yeah. Um, mm. He was such a good villain as well, or tried to pretend to be a villain. Um, I don't. I just. I loved everything about it. It was. It was a great book. That makes me so happy to hear, minus the uh, claiming of yeah, which is person. that didn't happen. Stuff it didn't happen. No, it didn't happen. We didn't um, hear anything. How did you uh, feel about it reading it again, yeah. M? Are you asking me? <laughs> yeah, I'm asking you because remember you were really nervous yeah, to pick you up were. this book again and read it again for the second time. Yeah. So the backstory here is that I read this book for the first time in 2013. So you know, like eight years ago. <laughs> Um, and it, you know, changed my life. I was like, oh my God, this is what romance is. This is like one of the greatest romance novels ever written. Literally, like it's the kind of book where you read it and then there's life before and there's life after. Like that was that experience for me. So, and then I never reread it after because I wanted to hold on to that feeling and I didn't Mm -hmm. want, because I'm not a rereader. I've said this before. It's... Oftentimes when I reread things, I like them less just because I know the story. So like the newness of it is just gone. And that, you know, contributes for to, to like how I like a book, right? Yeah. Um, so I was scared. Shitless. Didn't want to start it. Start like pushed it to like the latest I could. Like I was really like, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not prepared. I'm not ready. I don't want to start this. But I did. And I fucking loved it all over again. <laughs> I did the audiobook, which was narrated by Mary Jane Wells, who is my favorite female narrator. She does uh, the most recent uh, Lisa Claypass book. So I was really pre- pleasantly surprised that she did these ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh, Sebastian, my love for this man knows no limit. Truly. Truly. But we'll He's talk about it. He's a great character. I just, yeah. Yeah. What about you, Sam? Are you going to tell us that you are now a Sebastian Stan over a Westcliff Stan? Okay. Yeah? See, I, I love them both, and for different reasons. They give me different things, um, and I just love them both. And I wish they both, spoiler, can have top spot. But I honestly, like, I swear, like, one day I'd sleep and wake up and be like, oh, my gosh, say, like, Sebastian is my number one. And then the next day, I'd be like, oh, my gosh, Westcliff is still number one. And then it just, for me, it's just, like, interchangeable because I love them both so immensely. Like, they're just both amazing characters and just well-developed characters. I'll be an adult and say that um, I can totally see that. And I think that that's one of Lisa Claypass's strengths as a writer and like how amazing her men are that even in this book where obviously Sebastian like shines like he's the star of the show and like I've always said this like in any book when Sebastian walks onto the page you're just focusing on on him you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) you want to know what he's doing Mm -hmm. yeah um but I will say that her strength is that even when she brings back older characters you always have that fondness you know, like yes. when Westcliff appears in this book, you have that fondness. You're like, oh, Westcliff. Yeah. yeah. And he was like there to save the day. And I'm like, yeah. always. <laughs> I know, right? Literally give him an arrest. <laughs> Mr. Dependable. Right. Um, anyways, that being said, um, I, I kind of lost count how many times I've read this book. So this book and book two, uh, Westcliff and Lillian's book, I've read so many times that I, mm-hmm. I literally don't remember. 
Um, but anyway, so I just remember vividly that the first time I read this book, I felt a bit like underwhelmed because I think one, everyone said it was like their favorite book. And number two, I think I really, really, um, I stuck on the fact that Sebastian and Evie kind of had a chunk of time where they weren't communicating. And that being, that was obviously when he was like literally on death's door, like ready to die. And that was a big chunk of the book. And I think the first time reading it, I didn't appreciate (laughs) what that was and like what it meant. What? It's like two chapters. No, it was long, man. It It was like at least like a good chunk of the book. Not from my perspective. No, it was like two chapters. And then this bitch is like the worst fucking patient on earth, you know? cursing at everyone and like I don't know anyways I'm talking about Pasefra Pasefra felt like you know I you know that it was too long and not that it was too long that like the couple didn't have enough like on-screen talking time Mm -hmm. but like reading it again the second time I remember like I didn't feel that way at all and like cut to now and like I love it so much and I keep loving it more and more and I just like I don't know I just love the writing and like the storytelling and like the characters and like Everything about this book was just so well put together, and it all just worked amazingly. The arc, I think, uh, for both characters, like for Evie yeah. and Sebastian, like obviously Lisa Klopas always has very good character arcs. Like she, you know, invests a lot of time and effort into making her characters, you know, emotionally developed and like have like really interesting arcs but I feel personally in this series anyway these two have the most noticeable I guess arc like they actually like whether where they start at the beginning of the book and where they end is very different and and that goes for individually like as characters but also obviously the romance um yeah, I just think it's it's a great novel. It's amazingly paced as well, in my opinion. Anyway, past yeah. self no, disagrees. No, past self needed to take a seat and just stop talking. <laughs> I totally agree with that. Um, no, and I agree with you. And I feel like Evie and Sebastian, um, they're both amazing characters that had such immense growth in this story. Yeah. And I feel like in most books, it's usually just one character going through that growth and that journey. And the other is more so like the strong support. Yeah individual but Mm -hmm. like in this one no they both had their own growth to go through and like their own journey to face and like all of that and yeah it just worked so well with them I don't know I just this book was just magic yeah I've said this to you girls um I I love how historical romance oftentimes it's like very much all the books are more or less the same length and so you always know what to expect on that front but this is one of those books that I just wish was like three times longer like I just I could have lived with these characters Mm -hmm. on and on and on you know forever more um but I'm curious S because obviously you read um it happened one autumn and then at the end, mm-hmm. you probably had, like, one idea of where Sebastian and Evie's story would go. How how different was that to the reality? Or maybe not at all. I don't know. Like, yeah. what were you expecting compared to what you got? I don't know what I was expecting, actually. I just, I was just, I was ready to see how he was going to redeem himself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're in it for the redemption arc. Yeah, I could say yeah. And then for Evie, I didn't think I was going to get like attached to her, to her character. Like I wasn't that uh, interested, I think, before. Um, mm-hmm. But her character did surprise me a lot. 
And like I said, like, I didn't think it was going to be like that dark or that sad yeah. for her. Um, and I also love the fact that like she had a dark past or or currently she had a, a it was pretty dark. So I love the fact yeah. that that kind of didn't. I don't know how to explain it. Like it didn't. Jade it never her. dimmed her light. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Sebastian is like a moth to a flame, you know, like he's yeah. searching for that light and she's. She, she was it yeah i love that about her um and like i don't know the way he fell for her it's just like i don't even know how to describe it it's just like he fell hard all and like to the point where like yeah. he literally like probably looks at her like she holds the world in her hands yeah and i just like i don't know i love to read about it like i just ugh. That's so great. There's this saying in historical romance that reformed rakes make the best of husbands. Mm -hmm. That's like across the board. It's always in the books. But I feel like this is quintessential of that saying. Mm -hmm. Like that's that's the pinnacle of that saying for me personally. I haven't read every historical romance ever written. But for me, when I think of that saying, I'm like Sebastian St. Vincent. Started out as the worst of rakes turned up to be literally a great husband but yeah love him and like the great oh no i can't spoil it never mind um well i mean yeah. this is the discussion for it so or, or was it not about no i was just you a... said he ended up being a great husband and i was like and, and i was gonna say an even better father like he's an amazing oh. dad oh yeah yes. oh. That's... <laughs> he's oh, such a great dad it. Which, Sorry. In this book, he was like, I'm so going to enjoy the baby making process, but yes. then I'm not going to care for my child. And then later I'm on, like, I like, call maybe bullshit. I <laughs> yeah, right? He's so involved <laughs> in his kid's life. Like, he is so involved. And he's Uncle Sebastian. Sorry. He okay. is. Like, he's even fathering other people's children at this mm-hmm. point. <laughs> oh, uh, so I'm excited for you to get more of him in future books because. The thing is, um, we're obsessed with him, but Lisa Claypass herself, I think, is very obsessed with him. Yeah. <laughs> so she keeps giving us more and more yeah. and more. Um, oh. All right. Let's start our discussion with circling back to the beginning and where yeah. Sebastian starts. One thing I had fucking forgotten is the mouth on this man. Mm-hmm. This man is, like, saying shit like, fuck. He's... Using the bitch yeah. words. He yeah. doesn't, like, he is using all the words. And Evie, bless her soul. I know. It just takes it. No, because, like, I, I think he says it to get a rise out of her. He sees, like, her blush and, and like, he just keeps saying it. Like, he just wants to get a rise mm-hmm. out of her. Yeah, but the sad part of it is, like, Evie has heard so much, like, so many similar things said about her that she just... She's used to it at this point. Like, it doesn't even phase her, really. Um, But, yeah, I mean, he's right off the bat. You're like, okay, we're not dealing with restrained, controlled Westcliff here. Or even Simon never would have said those words to Annabelle. Dear God. (laughs) Sebastian has no problem calling her a bitch. Yeah. Um, why? Because she's wounded her pro- his pride. Oh my gosh, yes! When he called her a bitch. And then yeah. he's like, oh, well, we're talking in the analogy with dogs, so, like, yeah. it fits. <laughs> it's like, damn. Yeah, he starts out rough. Yeah, he needed some shaping. But, so, the obviously, all of this is, like, you know, 
a mechanism, a defense mechanism, because at the same time that he's like calling her a bitch and being, you know, insulting her like that, um, he's also like getting a foot warmer for her and like yeah. buying the ring and like doing all the little things. <laughs> That's the, the moment it was around 10% where I'm just like, I'm head over heels for this man where he got her the feet warmer, <laughs> where he had her right. laying on his chest and he was playing with her hands and they like he yeah. had he was holding her hand i'm like i'm a goner yeah. like the little moments like that get me yeah. He yeah he had a lot of little moments that he really demonstrated like his vulnerable side with evie for sure i just he felt hard and he felt at the beginning he just wasn't yeah. ready to admit it yet no but he was he was in it for life yeah <laughs> i love it that he just kept being he was in denial up until like the very end like he didn't want to admit that yeah i love that but yeah so they travel to gretna green um they get married they have the whole ceremony with the rings that said my love is upon you mm-hmm. and then they ha- well okay so their first kiss essentially they're tied together because of this like ritual thing yes and Sebastian is trying to get it off and Evie's like, no, keep it on because she's like superstitious or whatever. And she's like, no, yeah. we have to keep it on until like we've consummated the marriage. And like they just, Sebastian is just like, fuck that. <laughs> he just kisses her. And how did you feel about their first kiss? It's an important scene in a romantic arc. It was hot. I mean, he just couldn't contain himself at that yeah. point. Yeah, he was just like, I'm going to pounce. <laughs> He might yeah. as well. He pounced. <laughs> it was a good. It was a good scene. It was a good kissing scene. It was. It. it I feel like it. That fits him. Like that's a thing that he just. He couldn't wait. And yeah. He, right. Like and I just feel like. Yeah. Sorry, no. I was just gonna say. I just feel like there's like certain characters that produce this like, this chemistry. Like we're reading it, but like you feel the chemistry so like strongly. And mm-hmm. I feel like with these two characters, you really, really feel it. So when they kissed, you're like finally and like anyways it was just like it's great this this book was just a ride like a fun fun ride <laughs> yeah but also like at that point uh st vincent realized that um he finds his wife very hot so yeah <laughs> yeah like he was like no don't know why i never noticed before but you know now that she's gonna be my wife um he's like all excited about it thinking about their first night <laughs> yeah (laughs) kind of can't contain you know his own hormones so um anyway and what Um, I think is so funny is that like after their first time he's kind of like um I want my wife again like I usually like what uh, what what why am I wanting my wife yeah he's like it will be no trouble if it's just once once and one and done because I never want more than once exactly Mm -hmm. and then he ate his own words and then evie also was like i wouldn't be so bourgeois to like desire my own husband yeah i mean he (laughs) literally ate his own words but Ah! (laughs) (laughs) um but the cute the the cute thing is that they're so exhausted at this point i know they get to the the room that night their you know wedding night and evie's like more more or less half dead at that point <laughs> she's mm-hmm. like do you expect us to and he's like no of course not 
I'm like, you know how much he wants it, but he's like, no, dear God, not tonight. It's fine. No, because he was also exhausted well, he was too. Also it was exhausted, just like, but like, yo, he... Evie was like, no, 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 we're we're like actually getting there in like two days. Was it two yeah. days or two weeks? I don't remember. All I know is that like they like didn't sleep at all. So I just couldn't yeah. even imagine that trip. <sighs> right? It sounded so freaking uncomfortable. So uncomfortable. And it was also in the winter time. Yeah. Which sounded very cold. Anyways, um, so they just Sorry, go to sleep. I'm getting off topic here. They just go to sleep, and then we're in Evie's POV, and she's having mm-hmm. these like torrid dreams, and she wakes up to find her husband. He's just going to town down there, you know. Um, how do we like that? But it started out that way. Good morning. <laughs> Great start to a morning. That was a good morning for sure. It was hot. I didn't remember that. The fact that she was, like, sleeping and, like, I guess some people could argue, but she didn't consent. Like, she wasn't ready. But at the same time, like, damn, you know what? And it's back they're then. Not, not that they're married. Not just that. But, like, <clears throat> I'm sorry. Uh, Sebastian just knows how to how to do it, you know? Why would, you know? Anyways, I don't know where I'm going with that, but all I know is that it was great. It Why was a would great you be scene, against so. that, you weirdo? <laughs> <laughs> no, but, like, it has to be said that, like, it's taking place in the 1800s and they're married at that point. So, like, yeah. he's mm-hmm. just, you know, it's his um, husband his, rights. Yeah, husbandly duties. <laughs> yeah, and also I kind of, like, appreciate that it wasn't, like, Obviously, it's Sebastian, so he would never do this. But, like, you know, when it was, like, it would be formal, like, yeah, tonight I'm going to take your virtue and, you know, this is going to happen. Like, he literally just, like, eased her into it, but kind of not. He just threw her into the deep end, but, like, still, like, obviously, like, did the preparation necessary. Hmm. But, like, it was going to happen either way. So I like that he made it an environment where, like, she was comfortable in, you know? Can we talk just briefly about how he's literally described over and over again as, like, a literal god? Um, yes, and a fallen angel. Yeah. An angel of death. Yeah. Yeah. Like, fucking hell. I'm, like, it's all golden skin and golden hair and just, He just like, sounds so hot. Like, I don't, even, I don't even know what we're doing here. Anyways, can we I'm actually gonna... have a conversation? <laughs> yes, because... okay, so... They have their first time. It's great. It's glorious. He takes his time. Mm-hmm. Uh, because after the first time, I believe she doesn't come, correct? No, no, During? no. She does she comes after. prior to him, you know, bloop, inside. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> because, I don't know. I guess that's just what happened. She came before, and then he came after. In like, her. inside her. Which he wasn't yeah. supposed to do. Because yeah. he was supposed to prevent pregnancy, but, you know. Got it. Yeah. 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 Couldn't contain himself once again, literally. And then um, I think she comes after. Like, he goes down on her again yeah. afterwards. Sebastian doing this the most. man is just hungry, I gotta say. <laughs> um, anyways, <laughs> moving on from the sex to say that um, they arrive at Ivo Jenner's club. Yeah. Because Evie needs to take care of her father. Um, I love Ivo. I don't know why. I always wanted his story. I did too, but then it's a sad story. It like, is. Her mother died is. in childbirth. But it sounded like there must have been more to it because 
like she left like she married him even though he was below her station yeah and and they wrote letters to one another it, they did and like somehow they just eloped them. so yeah. i don't know there was something to that story i have to say it sounded sweet yeah and i don't believe at all i forgot who said it where like um, I don't know if it was Sebastian, where he's like, if you were raised by Ivo, he would, ob- who's to say he wouldn't also be abusive towards you? I don't, I don't know if I believe that, like, statement. I feel like he was a very, he seemed like a loving father. And the way Evie talks about him, of course, is probably a romanticized version of her childhood, because obviously you remember your best memories over your worst memories, ideally. Um, so I don't know. I, I would like to say that maybe that wasn't true. But also... So kids in the Victorian era were treated more or less like they were the same sex up until I think it's eight years old. Uh, so oh. there was no difference between boys and girls. Like boys would literally wear dresses um, and because all the kids were dying. <laughs> so yeah. you didn't. And, and so there was like no sex attached to the kid, if that makes sense, because um, in case they were, they were going to die, their parents just wouldn't grow attached to the kids. And then once the, the boys specifically made it to pass that age, then they were there was a word for it. But then they could put on breeches and become boys. Oh, I did not know this. Yeah. So um, all this to say that, um, you know, in some cases, some parents find certain stages of a kid's life easier to deal with than others. And especially in an era where the gap between female and male becomes so intense later on in life. Um, maybe as a kid, it was easier for Ivo to have her around because she could kind of just do whatever. And, and, you know, I don't know what I'm trying to say is that Ivo might've been a good father to young Evie Mm -hmm. when she was just a child. But once she grows up into becoming a young woman, then maybe he wasn't comfortable with that because he has no idea what it's like to be a woman in this world. Yeah. I yeah I could see that wasn't it wasn't it said though and didn't she say that she said something like that no I think that's why he sent her to away her aunt. right yeah, yeah 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 that's why he sent her away so yeah just to say that like maybe he maybe Sebastian has a point like maybe he wouldn't have been a good father past that age just like maybe he wouldn't have been a father able to relate to his daughter you know what I mean like what would they what would they be able to do together yeah that I could see um, for sure. And yeah, I mean, we will never know. Sadly, we'll never know. Yeah, the cute thing, though, is that so Evie arrives and um, her father is basically going to die within the next day or so, which I remembered being way longer than it is in the book. <laughs> but well, maybe whatever. you're mixing up Sebastian's uh, hospital time, too. No, I mean, I'm not. Seth, pa- Seth, past Seth is just wrong. Um, but <laughs> what I want to say is that I just thought it was so cute that when he wakes up that first time, Evie pretends to be a child for her yeah. father because he thinks she's like young Evie and he's asking about like going somewhere or whatever. I don't remember, but yeah, oh, it just broke my heart. Um, it's it's interesting, like the that this is a thing in this book of like taking care of someone through sickness yeah and evie does it with her father she then yes. later does it with sebastian and then sebastian kind of does it with her 
it's just a lot of taking care going around and i love it i love it i love it too it's just like i with evie i thought it was like really like it's it was kind of sad to read about like what she was going through in her head but also like because she thought like the only person that loved her or even knew of her or even like noticed her is leaving the world And she had, yeah, she just had no one else to say, like, Evie, you exist. You know, like, you're real, you're valid, like, I love you. Like, of course she had Annabelle, Lillian, and Daisy, but I feel like in her inner circle that actually knew her and, like, actually knew what she was going through, like, sadly, her dad was the only one. And, yeah, it was just, it was so heartbreaking. Yeah, and she was forbidden from seeing him, even though she knew he was dying and her family knew he was dying she couldn't go and see him which is the whole reason why she married Sebastian to begin with there's something to be said in this book about um the the subject of taking advantage of people that are sick or older is kind of breached in this book a little bit because it mentions how the reason why the the club is doing so badly well not badly obviously it's still doing great but you know it's yeah some things are a little fishy at the club. And the reason why is because people are taking advantage of Ivo and the fact that he's not, you know, in top shape form. Yeah. And I was just like, that's so interesting that that's in this book. Because I just think it's not something that's talked about that often. The fact that, yeah. you know, people that are sick or unable to make, like, you know, proper decisions are often taking advantage of or just older people generally speaking so sebastian enters the club and he's like i ain't gonna work a day in my life don't care about this bullshit i love just reclining in my chair and like reading the paper (laughs) yeah and then evie's like in the carriage she's like are you not like you don't want to have a purpose in life like okay which is very important for his arc yeah 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 So he enters certain that he's just going to sell the club because it's his now, more or less. But then suddenly he has a change of heart. And now he's looking at the ledgers or whatever it's called. And then he's talking to Cam, asking all these questions. And he's like, no, 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 no. I'm going to make this my project, actually. I want to know, how do you feel about Mr. Cam Rohan? 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 He's only 25 in this book. He's a baby. He's a baby yeah. boy. Wait, He's okay. going to turn into a manly man. Oh, my Just gosh. You yeah. wait. So I have a question. Yeah. Is yeah. Cam Rohan? I think yeah. it's Rohan. Yeah. But is he the same Rohan that had little sum-sum with Daisy? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We could talk yeah. about that. Because that is a very controversial scene amongst Cleopas fans because (laughs) I know right we're like oh my gosh well no but actually like this is a source of discussion because she has Rohan and Daisy kiss in this book share a passionate passionate kiss Uh and it would make you think that he's her hero yeah so imagine people's shock when they start Daisy's book and it's not and 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 then he gets a book with someone else in the next series. So what's the controversy? Oh, I thought you were going in another direction. No, 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 no. no. Okay. The discussion is really just people find that so weird because it's like, was she intending for Rohan to be her man at some point and then changed her mind because she figured that Daisy needed a different man? Or... I don't know. S, what do you think? 
Well, okay, so that's why I'm asking because I thought it was two different people. But then I went back and I was like, is it? And then I went back and I looked at Daisy's book and I saw a different name for the hero. So I was just a little confused. You know, I think I did the same thing when I first read this book. I think I did the same thing. I went to check. I was like, wait, who's Matthew? Why is it not Cam? Because we're romance readers. When when a scene like this is introduced in a book, we're like, well, there you go. She just met her man and now I'm going to read their book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's not what she did. So I understand why people are like, what is this? Yeah. Where was she going with this? Could it be that she wanted to give her a little bit of experience for the next guy? Does that play into it? I feel like Daisy is like the romantic one, like the one that's after romantic adventures, uh, which causes trouble (laughs) eventually. Um, But I don't know. I just find it's an interesting thing. And this is just my take on it. I think um, throughout the three books that we've read with Daisy, I think it's common assumption that she's very like childlike and young and babyish and I think this instance with her kissing Cam it kind of showed her like as a woman like you know she has desires like sexual desires and like she even like tells Cam like not in like words but like she kind of like kind of pushes him to kiss her again and again and again and I feel like it was like kind of like an awakening her sexual awakening in a way yeah i can see and that. like now she's like ready for her own story but also she always acts as if she knows things you know like when annabelle's talking about sex daisy is always like oh yeah, yeah i've read it Dude, you know so i feel she reads all the smutty books well she does but i feel like this was her this was also to show her that what she knows or thinks she knows versus experiencing it are two yeah. very different things. And mm-hmm. it made her realize, oh, okay, this is this is what it feels like. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yo, Cam went to town on that kiss, though. Yeah. He was coming back for seconds and thirds. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How do we feel about Cam? We like him. We're intrigued. <laughs> we want more. <laughs> So I am excited to read about him and his story and Yeah, so he's more. he's obviously the hero of Mind Till Midnight, first book in the Hathaways. Mm-hmm. I I enjoy that series. If he gives me a different feeling for sure, the Hathaway series, but I still love it. Like it's just so good and I can't wait till we get to his story because like he he did have such a big presence in this book. I feel like his friendship with Evie, I think, was just amazing. And I kind of wish we saw more of it. Because it was so innocent and just, like, I don't know. It's just, I loved them. I thought they had a great relationship. And even, like, Cam and Sebastian, like, their kind of, like, their growing bond as well was really great to read about. I don't know. I just feel like he had such a big presence in the story. And, like, he was important for a lot of pivotal scenes in this story as well. It's so interesting to see him so young, too. Yeah. Because then you get the perspective of him much older and, well, much older, like maybe 10 years older or something. I'm not sure. I forgot how old he was in his book. I feel like he's in his 30s. He's a different man. He's made a different life from some. Well, he's in his 30s in this book and then... No, he's no, 25 No, in this book, he's 25. Oh, okay. He's a baby. Like, 25 for a man at that time is like pretty young evie was 23 and sebastian was 32 32 yeah yeah 
Yeah. 32, okay. yeah. Um, but I just love his presence here also because it made for such delicious uh, possessiveness yes. and jealousy. Yes! Sebastian! I fucking love this man. I can't repeat it enough. Um, like, every time <laughs> Rohan would touch Evie and then Sebastian would, like, you know, look at the touch and then not say anything, but then come back later and tell Cam, like, don't fucking touch my wife again. You hear me? <laughs> like, I don't care if it's a friendly touch. You're not touching her. And Oof. even, like, he tells Evie, like, don't refer to him as Cam. Call him right? Mr. Rohan. Like, that's right. his name. And, like, he would even, like, go and, like, wherever Cam would touch her, he would, like, go and, like, touch her there. Like, just to, like, rub her his touch away. I don't even know, but he was so, like, beautifully possessive and jealous like i know you know my fe- feminism is not speaking here but gone <laughs> loved it Ex- love to read about it but uh, i mean i would say he's the most possessive one of the bunch so far i think because he's feeling things like love and affection mm. for the first time you know so he's just yeah kind of you know getting used to it or just because he doesn't have the moral compass or that the others have, you know, like Westcliff might have that urge, but then he doesn't say it because he knows that's all he thinks on him. It, though. He was dying when he saw Sebastian and Lillian dance. He, no, exactly. He thinks it, but he doesn't act on it because he's like, I know I'm, a, I'm an asshole for feeling that way and I should just let Lillian do whatever the fuck she wants. Sebastian no, does not have not, that moral not Westcliff. Hello, remember he literally pulled um, Sebastian into his office and he's like, stay away from her. It's not happening between you two. Yeah, but there's like a sneakiness about Sebastian's jealousy that I feel like Westcliff didn't have. Sebastian is like, he doesn't feel bad about going behind Evie's back and being like, don't fucking touch my wife. <laughs> no, Evie in his head is his property. That's his wife, okay? Mm-hmm. In, like, a good way, though. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. In, like, a wish-it-were-me way. <laughs> okay, while we're on, like, the topic of Sebastian, I kind of mm. wanted to, like, ask you girls, like, how do you feel about his character growth? Like, do you find it, like, it was believable? And, like, do you think it happened that, like, obviously I think that you guys have answered this already. Like, do you mm. think it happened organically? I think it did. Like, the way it just progressed, progressed. I think it was perfect. Yeah. Like, I wasn't annoyed at all with him, with his not, I guess, communicating or not expressing himself, or I feel like it was fine. Yeah, I think he did a good job of it, expressing his, like, desires, but, like, like you said, he wasn't, like, expressing, like, his inner demons or, like, what was going on in his head, like, even to us, the readers, as well as Evie. But I feel like his character growth in terms of, like, him wanting to you know have a purpose in life him wanting to actually take care of the club and like actually make a mark on this world because like we know from like I think book two like he's intelligent and like like Westcliff remarks upon it and even in this book again he's like he never did anything with his intelligence I'm so happy he's like doing this now because like he has so much more to give to the world so like I don't know I loved his character growth Yeah, you mentioned purpose, and I think that's the bottom of it for him. Uh, Mm -hmm. For me, it's incredibly believable, because here's a man who has 
nothing you know he has everything and yet he feels very empty like he has no purpose and in his head that's okay like he's he's convinced himself that he's better off that way that he's somehow superior because he has no purpose in life you know (laughs) that's how he thinks that's you know but slowly by slowly he's given this purpose and now he has the purpose of taking care of a wife he has the purpose of taking care of a club um and all these things are and i love how it's mentioned that it makes him very overwhelmed i know (laughs) he's very overwhelmed (laughs) because he's never had this before yeah but it's so important because I feel like having a purpose in life is extremely important. Mm -hmm. When you don't know where you're going, you're just walking around aimlessly, doing things that you don't understand why you're doing them. It's so important. And I feel like so many people feel like they don't have a purpose. And unfortunately, in some cases, those people turn very bad. Yeah. You know, because they feel that emptiness and just they don't feel like they're good at anything or worth anything as a result. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and you know, like he went from calling her a bitch to literally taking a bullet for her. Mm-hmm. I that's know. That's not romance. I don't know what <laughs> I it is. know. It's great. No, but like you mentioned, sorry, uh, you know, like purpose and all of that, mm-hmm. like, but also I think for him, it was like having someone see something more in him and also kind of pushing him to do better because he can do better and like Evie always from the get-go saw more in him and pushed him for more and like I have a quote for that oh okay you want me to finish your thought and I'll read my quote with my glasses (laughs) okay (laughs) um and then Sebastian like from the get-go he is someone that everyone always took at face value like he's a pretty face he has a great bod and like he's never had someone dig deeper and look deeper and Mm -hmm. Evie did that and she pushed for more for him Yeah, so Evie says, um, it's very late into the book, but she says, It wasn't easy to place her trust in such a man without feeling like a naive fool, especially in light of the certainty that Sebastian would always be admired and coveted by other women. But Evie felt that Sebastian deserved the chance to prove himself. It was in her power to give him a new beginning. And if her gamble proved successful, the rewards for both of them would be infinite. She could be strong enough to take the risk of loving him, to make demands of him, to have expectations that he might sometimes find difficult to meet. And Sebastian seemed to want to be treated like an ordinary man, to have someone look beyond the mortal beauty of his facade and ask more of him than his erotic skills. So that's exactly what you just described, how it's so important to feel needed, to to, to have people ask things of you, to make you feel like you're, there's there's something you can offer the world, Mm -hmm. essentially. Mm -hmm. Uh, which he wasn't getting and she says like he might fail he will probably fail you know he's not perfect by the end of this book god knows he's not perfect he's sebastian st vincent he'll never be but he he's it's important for him to see that someone thinks he can yes 
Yeah, and he's never had that. And, like, honestly, he's that, like, that. that little idea, like, made me tear up for sure in the story. Because, like, just imagine not having, like, that self-worth or, like, that self-belief that you're, like, capable like capable of so much more. Because, yeah. he, like, he really was. And oh, yeah. It makes me happy that these characters found each other. Right. Yeah, and then speaking of Evie, I feel like on the flip side, we can talk about her growth as well. How did you yeah. feel about her character growth? I feel like Evie is one of those characters who I never thought I would see so much of myself in, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Like, I would relate to so deeply. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one point early on when she says that it's she's always felt unwanted and that for that reason it's so easy for her to stay silent yeah Yeah. and i felt i felt that in my fucking bones like this idea that it's so much easier to just stay silent like i've had that you know even like you know to a much smaller extent but just like you're sitting at yeah i don't know if i can know like a family dinner Mm -hmm. and you just feel unimportant you're just yes you're just like okay, I'll just stay silent because, like, literally no one cares. You know? Like, that feeling. And I feel like it's a feeling that a lot of women have, especially because we we just don't feel like our ideas are good enough to be spoken out loud or that we're... It's just we're constantly... We constantly think we're better off just staying silent and not saying anything. But I kind of like the fact that she kind of broke free of that. In exactly. a way, right? yes. that's that's the important part of it. Yeah, like it didn't, and I felt like it didn't drag on. No, for a long yeah, time. Yeah, no, I agree. I feel like her character growth was honestly one of the best I've ever read about, and that like she starts off like we see her obviously in books one, two, and like beginning of three, where like you know she's very like you said closed off, silent, um, tries not to speak as often, and like that obviously stems from like the abuse she faced from her own family. And also, like, the treatment of people in, like, the ton. Like, nobility was not kind to her at all. Um, And I just felt like it was just, it was hard to read about. But then at the same time, she found that, like, inner strength within her. She let herself feel comfortable with, like, her husband. And, like, she starts feeling vulnerable again. And, like, she just learns to build herself up. And, like, you know, starts to believe in herself. And Mm -hmm. that's, like... The key point for Evie, I believe, is, like, she finally believes in herself and, like, believes that she has a place in this world. Yeah. And this kind of ties to what she was, ties back to what she was saying in the quote that I read, which, by the end, you know, the kind of finale of her arc for her is that she's the one who tells Sebastian first, I love you. Yes. I want this. Yes. She's the one to make the first move. And she says she's willing to take the risk of loving him. And for her, she knows all the risk that's involved in opening herself up like that and making herself vulnerable to men like that and saying those words that she otherwise before never would have said. Never. And she's now being like, I'm taking that risk. I'm telling you because I understand now the importance of taking the risk. And I think she's, like, took risks really early on in that book with Sebastian in particular because, like, <clears throat> she mean, never told. The setup is a risk in and of itself. She exactly. went out there. <laughs> exactly. And, like, obviously we know, like, her family is abusive and, like, if she didn't 
pursue another option, she would be forced to marry her cousin and likely end up dead. But like for me, I think what really highlighted her trust and her vulnerability and her risk taking with Sebastian, yes, was the marriage for sure. But also when she confides in him about like what was going on with her uncles and like her Mm -hmm. aunt and her cousin, like when she actually tells him how bad it was. And then she even says like in her head that she didn't even tell Annabelle, Lillian and Daisy how bad it was. They didn't know how bad it was. Yeah. So, I mean, she's just been, like, such a strong woman from the get-go. And, like, with Sebastian's presence, um, you know, she just got stronger. Back to Sebastian, another thing that we didn't mention about him and his arc, which I think is actually a very important moment because it's, it's about what happened in the previous book. Okay, um, yeah. The moment when Westcliff arrives and... Sebastian at that point in his you know emotional journey has he sees his best friend and he realizes that Lillian love her but she wasn't worth breaking up this friendship yes you know money wasn't worth it and he's looking at his friend and he's like I've lost this I know and he is willing to apologize and he feels the loss of friendship with Westcliff. Like, I just, that's such an important moment for him. Mm-hmm. Because it was probably, like, the only genuine relationship he's had in his life. And then when you think back of him, like, losing yeah. his family to, like, the fever and stuff, it kind of gets you thinking. Yeah, so that was part of the monster I had for him. But no, that, like, that's so sad. He literally has no one. Like, Sebastian St. Vincent does not apologize. He doesn't because oftentimes he doesn't feel like he needs to apologize. He's unapologetic about his actions. But in this case, he felt the loss of that friendship and he felt so bad for it. And he does apologize right before getting shot. (laughs) (laughs) They've been friends since they were 10 years old and like losing like... I feel like that's his brother at this point. Losing your brother over, like, a woman and, like, your stupid, immature decisions is just, like, it's heartbreaking. And then the moment where Westcliff is there, he arrives, and then Evie is trying to kind of, like, defend him. Yeah, And like, he tells her, like, like, get away, like, leave already. Like, what is it yeah. going to take? And then, like, all of a sudden, like, he realizes, like, fuck, like, I fucked up. Yeah, because he's trying to keep his same persona, you know, like, the... I could care less about another woman. Like, I, you know, there's no emotions here between me and Evie. Like, he's still trying to act that immature idiot he was prior to Evie. Yeah. Yeah. He's doing it to protect her, but at the same time, and this is the same that happens at the end of the book when he tries again to send her away. Yeah. Evie understands that he's actually, she understands he's actually doing it to protect himself. I think she's such a great character because this could have went, you know, in the direction where she, like, believes his words and, like, Lisa Claypass writes her, like, you know, feeling like she's unloved again and, like, just actually goes away and he has to come chase her. And I appreciate that it was, like, Evie being a strong woman and actually knowing (laughs) what's going on and, like, actually, you know, stays and fights her ground. But she fucking knows him at that point, too. She's, like, seeing right through his bullshit. She's, like, no. I'm not going to let you do this to us because I know what you're trying to do. And it's not like you love me. Just admit it, Sebastian. You love me. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Another parallel that I noticed uh, in this book 
a parallel to the previous book. Um, I yeah. don't know if you guys will remember, but in It Happened One Autumn, Westcliff has a moment where Lillian is with Sebastian. And he has a moment of doubt where he's like, does she find me as attractive? Or could could she find me attractive when she's got someone like Sebastian over there? Um, and similarly, we have Sebastian in this book who he has this, this conversation with Evie at one point where she tells him like, oh, if you were like disfigured or whatever, I'd still I, like I'd still be your wife. You know, I'd still yeah. want you as my husband. Mm-hmm. And he has this like genuine moment of insecurity where she like the thought of her still wanting him even if he wasn't pretty you know i feel like that's a vain man well he is but i don't think it's vanity in this case i think it's just genuine insecurity based off the fact that he's always just been valued for his beauty and also i think we can also look at that in another way when at the end of the story, I know we're jumping, but when um, he kind of regrets the gunshot, his past. So. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was going to say like when he regrets his past and like he's like kind of like regretful yeah. and like kind of hating past Sebastian. And he's like, my past is a cesspool. Like, how could you still want me? And then, you know, like, I just, I love his growth and like him only wanting one woman and just not feeling worthy of like how amazing she is and like just having her as his partner I just think you know Sebastian's character was interesting and like great yeah uh all right gunshot wound yes sorry he takes a bullet for her how did you feel about that ass I knew it was coming (laughs) Steph knew it was coming y'all didn't know I thought she was gonna get shot for sure and like he was gonna like live with like regret of kicking her out of the office sending her away but no, he ended up getting shot. And how did you like that? This is as this is your moment of like walking on broken glass. This is the moment. Like he's taking the goddamn bullet yeah. for her, um, nearly dying for her. So uh, there was there was a little little moment where I was a little worried. I was like, she better not fucking kill him off or <laughs> are you kidding i don't, I don't know like, like there was there how was little... is m still surviving uh, yeah, right. yeah. Dead. that was gonna be like an automatic uh one star moment it was just like a quick second of a moment no no no, like, no 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 um only good people die that's what he says only good people <laughs> die bad people like me we live on forever <laughs> um so he got shot and i thought that was I love the moment where she was the one taking care of him. Victorian medicine is fucking wild. I'm so glad I wasn't born in that time period just for the oh medicine. Oh my gosh. Just when the they practice. started the whole, like, I'm going to, like, start bloodletting blood you. Yeah. I was like, uh-uh, don't do it. And just, like, just fucking imagine, man. Like, you can literally, like, a paper cut could kill you back then. Yep. It's crazy. It gets yep. infected. They don't fucking know how to treat it. You're done. And then imagine if they need to amputate. They're amputating without anything. <laughs> You're feeling it all. I just—I mean, there was morphine back then, so that was invented a little later during the no, Victorian no, no. era. Yes, but it. not the day. And this for the book dad, was... no. It wasn't. It wasn't morphine. It was opium. Oh, sorry, opium. 
opium doesn't take the pain away no it just knocks you out makes you high as a kite <laughs> and then the dad um what was he had like little creatures in his chest or in his lungs or little bugs no or something? i think it's they're just talking about bacteria so like oh. and like the virus so basically he had uh tb and like it's contagious so like evie could have gotten it but she didn't um so yeah, I think that was just like I guess maybe new research during that year came out and Lisa Claypass wanted to maybe mention it in the story. And then she just yeah, left it in there. But also I feel like I've read not long ago something about them thinking that there people had creatures inside of them. Wait, what? Maybe yeah. okay, then maybe delete what I just said. I don't know. It could be either of those things. Maybe it was like them starting to think it was bacteria, but also I feel like I I just read something about Victorian era and how they genuinely thought little, little creatures could live inside you. Well, yeah. so it could I be mean, either or. Just I wouldn't want to be in that time period just for that reason. No, no, <laughs> no. I wouldn't survive. At yeah, all. like. It was literally by, I don't even know by who Sebastian survived. I mean, they had, like, all of them working around the clock. Even Lillian, despite not even having an apology at that point. For real. From Sebastian, she, she was, was, like, run ragged because, yeah. you know, she's there taking care of Sebastian. Like, oh, I yo, love Lillian. that. I love their friendship. Oh, yeah. Side note. When um, they're at the father's funeral and she mentions how Sebastian, like, replaces the father's hair while nobody's yeah. looking. <laughs> like, I love that. And stuff. <laughs> yeah. And, like, he shaves oh. his father, the, the yeah. Evie's father. Ugh. I, I saw, did, did the dad and him have a conversation? Remember where he said, like, uh, he tells the dad, like, if it's okay, I'll come back later to talk. I thought they were going to show something like that. I don't think they like ever that. do. Do they? They don't like have it. I wanted a heart-to-heart. I wanted to see, read about, like, a heart-to-heart between yeah. both of them. It would have Because been nice Ivo would have known Sebastian when he was in his wild times, you know? Yeah. The question is, would Ivo, what would Ivo, what would he have said? <laughs> Stay away from my daughter, you ho. <laughs> right? Or, <laughs> or... Maybe he would have had like respect for Sebastian. I don't know. Could go either either way. I feel like. I don't know. I would have liked to see that conversation for sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Um. Anyways, um. Sebastian is on his deathbed, more or less. Um. But he starts getting a little better because uh, Cam has um, plants. Yeah, that he's I don't know familiar with that supposedly I help with healing. He said they his grandma honey, was a healer, which honey is uh, antibacterial or whatever. So you know they they had that going for them. Yes. So Sebastian slowly starts getting better, and what happens, guys? Bed sex, sick bed sex. Yes, because Evie Evie seduces uh someone for a change, and right. Sebastian did not stand a chance. Something else is standing, though. Yeah. He was like, I'm not going to lose this bet to another woman. And she's like, well, you're going to lose it to me. And she hops on. She legit hops onto this man. (laughs) I love it. That wasn't controversial in the... No. No. Why would that be controversial? That's not controversial. No, not not with us, but like with other readers, because... Oh, he can't no. move or something. It wasn't consent, like you would think. 
Would anyone ever doubt anything is unconsensual with Sebastian? I mean, <laughs> he's more than willing. Yeah. He he wanted it, but like, he, yeah, he didn't want to lose the bet. But at the same time, Evie told him, "You're not going to lose the bet. I'm conceding," mm-hmm. and that is all. That was a great little uh, moment when they did the bet, where she's like, "Oh, six months." He's like, "What?" Yeah. He's like all freaking out. He's I like, know. no way, no he way. He would not be. Remember he was stressing about doing a week? <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> I wish, I wish Westcliff would have found out about that bet somehow and been like, oh my God, remember yeah. when you were stressing out about a week, dude? Now you gotta wait three months. <laughs> uh, but that scene was like so sweet and intimate, but also like very hot and sensual. I just, yeah. sick bed sex. How did you feel about that, though, S? Or even you, Em, like, if you can think back the first time you read it. Um, how did you feel about them not fulfilling the bargain? Like, three months didn't pass at all. Like, maybe three weeks had passed. At most. At most. <laughs> at most. How did you feel about, like, you know, not fulfilling the bargain? I didn't think they were going to last that long. Yeah. <laughs> like, I would have been surprised if they actually did wait the three months and then, you know, or six months or whatever. But, Yeah. It it was expected, I feel Especially like. Especially when Sebastian is like, oh, I'm allowed to kiss you, but also you didn't specify where. Yeah. I know. So, like, of course this man would find a loophole. And he's like, if this is going to be torture for me, hon, it's going to be torture for you, too. So, like, we all knew he, they weren't going to last. No. I, I love the, the sex scene where he puts her there on their sides. Yes. Okay, so to- Evie, uh-huh. Evie gets hurt. Well, does she? No. She's almost no. killed. She's almost killed. Wait, where is that scene actually? Is it is it when he's still sick? Um, sorry, the sex scene that um S is S talking is about is when to. he's still sick, and it was like so that his bullet wound didn't like hit the bed, so they were doing right. it on their side. Ugh, I love like side sex from behind. Yes, <sighs> same. Same, 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 same. <laughs> it's not, and it's not done enough in books. It's not, I feel like. yeah. it's not done it's, enough in mm-hmm. romance. Authors, please include it more. Side sex. Right? It's yeah. so... Like, we know Sebastian is kinky AF, meaning he wants to try and do everything. So, like, I just love that he got the scene. Mm-hmm. Right? You know? Like, it's different than what we're used to in historical romance, and I loved it. Yeah. It's like hot, but also again just sweet and intimate. Like there's something about sight sex that yeah. just does it, you know. More sight sex, guys, and romance, please. You know, you know what book has it? Why are you whispering? <laughs> and, and I'm telling you, Seth, because you said that you were gonna start it, and I never heard anything about it. Um, <laughs> the Carter and Leia books from R.J. Lewis. Mm. In the second book, there was a scene like is that, that. Is that the best friend one where he becomes like a, uh, a, a superstar Like or a something? superstar. Yeah. That. And yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. I need a new <laughs> contemporary a book anyway. So I'm probably going to read, De- uh, not Devil in Winter. We just read that. Scandal in Spring. And then maybe that one. Okay. Yeah. It's just to That's say, to it's like you have a character like Sebastian and you expect all these like kinky ass shit, depravity and stuff. But yet side sex is it does it you know you're suddenly you're like yeah that's exactly what i needed from sebastian i'm pretty sure he introduces evie to a lot of uh new things 
Oh, he's always corrupting her. That's his. I know. That's his. You know, past time. I know. <laughs> Even in their sixties, he's still corrupting her. Scandal, yeah. man. Her. I'm telling you, as sixty-year-old 60 Sebastian plus Sebastian. This is the 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 book that you guys read, and you told me not to listen to the episode. Yeah, this one. Okay. There's that one, bo- but also I think he's the third featured book. in three books. Yeah, yeah, three or four books. It's so he's a favorite of Lisa. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. oh yeah, across mm-hmm. the board. Oh, which actually brings us to another subject, another favorite of Lisa Klebas. Uh, who is mentioned oh, yeah. in this book. Derek Craven. How do you feel about that? Why isn't that book on our list? I mean, if we're being honest, that book should have happened, and then the Bow Street or Bow Street Runners book should have happened, and then the Wallflowers. Because Westcliff is in the third um, Bow, Bow Street Runners. Is that how, how you say I think Bow? I say Bow, Bow Street. Bow, Bow Street. Street Runners. So, I mean, like, we could have started a lot earlier in Lisa Claypass's uh, books. We just we wanted didn't. to start you off where we knew it would work. Yeah. Okay. Well, it worked. It worked. So, let's let's go back a little <laughs> bit. I am... Um, Excited to be rereading his book whenever we do get to it because I remember not really enjoying it as much as other people did, but I did find him really hot. But yeah, I'm excited to revisit that once we do. Well, I remember loving it, so it's not going to be an effort for me to reread. Um, okay, I have two quotes I wanted to read. Okay, because I love them. Okay, so the first one is. Mysteries of attraction could not always be explained through logic. Sometimes the fractures in two separate souls became the very hinges that held them together. And that's obviously about Evie and Sebastian. And then the other one is just, you know, a little quote because, uh, you know, Sebastian says all the time that he's got no heart, blah, 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 blah. And then suddenly he says, I must have a heart after all because right now it aches like the devil. Mm. Can I tell you guys one thing that forever yeah. ruined that quote for me? So literally, no, when I when you posted it yesterday and I read it out, I was like, damn, I love this quote. And then I was like to my sister, I was like, Serena, listen to this. This is going to push you to read the Wallflower series. And then I read it and then she's like, what do you mean by aches like the devil? And I'm like, I mean, like, it hurts like hell. She's like, wait, that's a saying? And I'm like, holy Jesus. Serena! And she just ruined the beauty, like, beauty of that scene. Well, she's not allowed to. Yeah, I know. She's not allowed to. It's a great quote. I know. I love it. Love it. Sebastian had some great lines. He did. A lot of great lines. I have a lot of, like, their sexy time conversations. (laughs) Oh, oh, girl. When when the narrator was, like, talking right into my ear with his voice, saying all the dirty talk and the dirty stuff that he was telling her, I was like, okay. (laughs) Jeez. Oh, my gosh. Um, okay, let's end with um Daisy. She's next. How are we feeling about that? Oh wait, before we end, I wanted to also talk about um sorry, Sebastian's loss. Like you vaguely yeah. mentioned it. Okay. Yeah. Um S, but like like you said, it was like he made a it starts off like we find out about this with him making like a cavalier comment, but all the women in his family being dead and like his four sisters and his mom just like 
died one after the other and it's never really revisited again until Evie mentions it at the end so like she kind of like off page kind of deduced that the reason why he's never tried to have a relationship or have anything meaningful with someone else is because he's afraid to form that emotional attachment to another person because he feared that that person would eventually leave him and die like his the woman in his family and he'd have zero control over that and like I kind of love that it was done in a way that like we kind of didn't know but like you can kind of put together and piece it together but like Lisa Claypass just like had it in there and like we finally comprehend what was going on when Evie mentioned it to him or like she didn't, I don't even know if she meant no she did mention it to him when she was confessing I think her emotions yeah they both have lived their whole lives with that feeling of like everyone I love dies yeah or leaves yeah I just thought it was like really great to mention because of you know his past and like I just think it's so sad to see, like, all your family members, minus your own father, dying one after the other. And his father could fucking die if he so desired, please. (laughs) Yeah. Anyways, I feel like we've talked about the monster, so let's not... Yeah, okay. And that was just one I had for him anyway, Um, but that's basically it. We talked about everything else, I think. Uh, Yeah, just want to know, Daisy, how you feeling? excited at all excited but i like i do wish that the person she kissed was gonna be her that will be interesting to revisit once you meet uh both of their love interests and once you've read both of their books if you still wish they were together or if you prefer them with their own love interests that will be a question for next time another day another 10 months from now well i'm excited i've read that book twice before um and really really enjoy it so yeah well okay wait hold on listeners unfortunately we did miss like my recording cut off at some point so we already said our orders so unfortunately you're gonna miss out on that but we're gonna say them again it's just it's no surprise for anyone okay (laughs) okay um okay 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 so like i said they're interchangeable one and two it's just one-on-one so it's gideon simon mckenna sebastian and then first spot is westcliff and then for the women, I had Annabelle, Olivia, Aline, Lillian, and Evie. I love Lillian. I love her a lot. But for some reason, there was, like, this extra thing about Evie that I just really connected with. And, like, she just – her character was just so well-developed and, like, just well put together and just, like – like you said, relatable. Like, I, I saw a piece of myself in her and, like, I don't know. I just love Evie's character. I don't know why I'm trying to – explain that but I just do and I love Lillian too but there's just something extra about Evie that took top spot for me okay so mine is Gideon Simon McKenna Westcliff Sebastian oh women is uh Annabelle Olivia Aline Lillian Evie for me uh my guys is Gideon McKenna Simon Westcliff and then Sebastian and then for the girls, it's Olivia, Annabelle, Aline, Lillian, and then Evie. All right. Let's end this. I was going to say, I was going to say that I'm so happy. Like, I just want to mention that I'm so happy that we get to share this with us. And that I she's know. loving historical romance. And Part that of the she's, club now. Yeah, she's Woo-hoo! loving this series. And I'm sad that we only have two books left. I know. <sighs> 
but it's okay. I'm just like happy like she enjoyed her first real experience with historical romance yeah. and like actually reading a series. But like, is mm-hmm. this pushing you to maybe try out like more series? Like, I know you've read some for the podcast. Like, mm-hmm. you tried to. Um, are you like curious to try out other authors in historical romance? Or to you... be on- to be honest, no. <laughs> I just she say... understands now what we mean by Lisa Claypass's queen. Nobody yeah, doesn't like stay her. in this little bubble yeah. and not leave and. Yeah, the good thing for you though, Lisa Claypass has a like a, a big a backlist, lot, you a know. Lot of books. Got yeah. a lot of books. So let's stay in this bubble for as long as <laughs> we can. I'm down. I'm down. For our listeners, there will be probably a gap between Wallflowers and Hathaways, but for us, we're just gonna go right into it. <laughs> <laughs> just keep on moving forward. Um, yeah, so I just wanted to mention that because it is a series that's very near and dear to my heart and to Seth's as well, I'm sure. So it's mm-hmm. very, very nice to be able to share that with more people and with you, mm-hmm. our bestie. Thank you. Yeah. Makes me happy. So, dear listener, if you have anything you would like to tell us or you want to share your own ranking with us of these characters and you want to put yourself through this pain, uh... At least it's painful for Seth. It's not painful for the rest of us. But um, if you want to let us know, feel free to reach us online. Uh, you can email us at romancingthemonsterspodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram at romancingthemonsterspodcast or on Twitter at the RTM Pod. Also on TikTok at romancingthemonsterspod. And. <laughs> on youtube you can also find us on youtube if you uh want or prefer captions when you're listening though i will say the captions are shite but you know there's nothing we can do about that at this moment in time uh but we're on youtube just search for uh the name of our podcast and you should be able to find us that way if you're looking for me specifically i'm on twitter and instagram at foes and lovers and me, yes, I'm on both Twitter and Instagram. At both. We've been doing this <laughs> for months. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we should like pre-record like this little section and just insert it. Um, nah. But <laughs> <laughs> why? It makes for such great uh, content. <laughs> True. Outros. So you can find me as on both Twitter and Instagram at but this book or but his book like but as in his like but. a but but his book you can also find her there <laughs> <laughs> um okay uh sorry and you can find me stuff on both instagram and twitter at pros with woes and also please feel free to leave us a rating or review on any podcast pop play blah 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 Sure, find us on there. Do that. <laughs> find at. us there. Um, I love I it when alien, when alien when <laughs> goes into her alien speech. I mean, honestly, I tried so hard to learn it, and I'm I wish I could use it more. Mm. Um, so it's it's great that I could use it on the podcast. Um, but what I what I actually said in English. <laughs> Translator, please. Was. <laughs> Um, on any podcast platform. So if you want to leave us a rating or review, that'd be amazing and just really, really um, appreciated. That's what I said in my alien tongue. Yeah, if you're an alien listening to this, feel free to hit us up online as well. (laughs) We would love to. Um, All right. 
hope to see you next week. Uh, we'll have another episode, and then in two weeks' time, we'll be rating Scandal in Spring. So if you want to get started Ooh. on that, uh, you can do so. <laughs> you can do that, <laughs> please. Uh, and we'll see you then. Right. Bye. Bye. Do, 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 do,